I, I thought we might do a bird quiz together. Birds of the feathered variety, you'll be pleased to know. So uh, can we have the first of our birds up on the screen? There we go. Who can tell me, hands up, who can tell me what kind of bird that is? It's a kingfisher. Very good. Well done. It's a kingfisher. Right, let's have the next one. Anybody know what kind of bird that might be? A barn owl. Very good. Well done. Let's try the next one. What about this one? Uh, let's, Naomi, you tell me, what's this one? It's a robin. You're very right. Well done. Let's have the next one. Anybody know what that might be? Yes. A heron. You're absolutely right. Well done. It's a heron. What about this one? A grouse. You're absolutely right. That's a grouse. What about this? Not seen very often round Bracknell. It's a dinosaur. Do you know what kind of dinosaur it is? <laughs> a what? A whatty? Oh, well, it might be, but that's not what I was thinking. <laughs> Megan, Megan. Sorry? A velociraptor. You're absolutely right. It's a velociraptor. Right, next one. Right, does anybody know what that is? A thrush. You're absolutely right. Yes, next one. The most common bird of prey in the UK, apparently this one. What do you think it might be? It's not an eagle, but a really good guess. A buzzard. It's a buzzard. You're absolutely right. Well, now, this is a very interesting bird. Just before you uh, call out, this is a very interesting bird because this is the male of this particular species. And the males, as you can see, are very attractive and very colourful. And the females are very dull and aren't very colourful. Now, I'm just saying that, not making any inference from it at all. I'm just telling you that's the case. What kind of bird do you think this is? A bullfinch. Did you know that yourself? Or did somebody... You knew that? Very good. Well done, Millie. Goodness me. Who, who didn't know that was a bullfinch? Look, Millie, look at all these adults. And I didn't until I Googled it. It's a bullfinch. Very good. Right, what about this one? Oh, yes. Our, uh, our Australian friend at the back will know what this is, probably. It's a cassowary. You're absolutely right. Only found in Australia, which is why Ashley knew it, because he's Australian. Did you know that this is the world's second largest bird after the ostrich? Do you know a cassowary can run up to 30 miles an hour? It can jump five feet in the air, and it has a five-inch claw in the middle of its toes, specially for disemboweling other creatures. It's listed in the Guinness Book of Records as the world's most dangerous bird. Did you know that? Have you ever come across them, Ash? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Have you? laughs> That's a cassowary only found in Australia. Right, there's one more. Does anybody know what this is? Uh, sorry? A hummingbird. It is a hummingbird, but it's a particular type of hum hummingbird. A brown one, says Ben. Very good, Ben. Well done. It's called a bee hummingbird. Is that what you were going to say? No. It's called a bee hummingbird. And we've gone from the sublime to the ridiculous now. We've gone from the, one of the world's largest birds 
to the world's smallest bird. Because this bee hummingbird weighs in at 1.8 grams, which is less than a penny. The nest for a bee hummingbird is three centimeters wide. That's about that much. That's its nest. But its tiny wings beat 80 times a second. Can you believe that? 80 times a second. And because they have to use all this energy to beat their wings so fast, they have to eat half their body weight every day in food. The same as much. <laughs> I had that gag lined up, and you stole it from me, honestly. You're, you're barred from next time. And they have to drink eight times their body weight in water. That's incredible, isn't it? That would be like a regular-sized human being having to drink 144 gallons of water a day. Can you imagine? (laughs) That's about the baptistry. And they are found in Cuba, uh, apparently, is where the bee hummingbird is found. That's amazing, isn't it? All these amazing birds. And, of course, we haven't gone into uh, any of the, the real... Uh, beautiful varieties of tropical birds there are, and birds in different countries and nations and so on. Birds, there's an amazing variety and creativity in bird life. And when I reflect on that, or when I reflect on the amazing wonder and abundance of plant, li- plant life all around us, I struggle to believe that these were all the results of some kind of random chance. For me, all these different kinds of birds and plants and animals that are all around us, things as intricate and as delicate as the bee hummingbird, things as weird and wacky as the cassowary, would seem to be evidence to me that there's a creator behind all of this. And I wonder if you ever find yourself doing the same thing. You ever see pictures like this, or you see amazing things all around us, or you see the intricacy of plant life, or the intricacy of bird life, and you wonder at the creativity of it all, and you wonder at the amazing nature of it all. And if you've ever done that, if you've ever seen something incredible, and it's made you wonder, you are not alone. In fact, you are in some very illustrious company. Because I think that's what Jesus was doing one day. He was looking at everything around him and he was pondering on it and wondering about it. Because in the middle of Jesus' most famous sermon, sometimes called the Sermon on the Mount, which honestly is quite a long sermon and is longer than we're going to do today, in the middle of it all, Jesus almost breaks off from what he's been talking about to talk about birds and plants. It's kind of weird. But then if you imagine the scene, if you imagine Jesus on a hillside, quite possibly surrounded by beautiful plants and animals, and then there's all these people listening to him, and right in the middle of his talk where he's been talking about all sorts of different kinds of things, he says this, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. And here you've got to imagine Jesus preaching this sermon to a whole bunch of people. And you've got to imagine him pointing and saying, look at the birds of the air. Because he's doing this outdoors. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. 
Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. And here you've got to imagine Jesus pointing at the flowers of the field. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. See, I think Jesus is speaking and pointing here. I think Jesus is breaking off from some of the other things he's saying to say, look at these incredible birds and look at these amazing plants. He's saying if God could take all the time and the energy and the creativity to make these amazing creatures and to take care of them, and infinitely create these incredible plants and flowers and clothe them in such beauty. How must he therefore feel about you? Jesus is saying that human beings like you and me are far more valuable to God than the birds of the air or the plants around him. We are far more valuable to God than these, and yet he has made these to be so extraordinary, so amazing, so wow-inducing. What does that say about us? Jesus is saying there's no need for us to worry because we have a heavenly Father to whom we are extraordinarily valuable. We look at these amazing birds and these incredible plants and we go, wow! That's what God does when he sees you and me. In Genesis chapter 1, where we read the story of how the world was created, God creates at the very end of all his creative processes, he creates human beings. And the Bible says that God saw it, and he saw that it was very good. That is God's wow moment. God sees human beings, and he goes, wow. We are the wonder of his creation. Well, you may say to me, well, that's all very well and good, but how do I really know that's how God feels about me? How do I know that's how God really feels about me? Well, how do you know anybody feels strongly about you? How do you know if someone loves you? Well, I think one of the most significant ways we know is when people give something up for us, when people make a sacrifice for us. That's how we know sometimes when people really love us, when they're prepared to sacrifice something for us. Now, I know my wife, Ruth, loves me, and I'm going to embarrass her. I know that she loves me because of all the things she has sacrificed over many years to enable me to be who I am. And I hope it works the other way around sometimes, too. I mean, the very fact that she would give up her life to spend it with me is quite a sacrifice, I think. That makes me go, wow, that somebody would want to do that. Uh, maybe they're, she's deluded or strange or something. But then, over the course of our life together, she's given up so much to be with me. She gave up her job when my job moved me to America, and she followed me there. She gave up her own uh, 
peace of mind, I think. When we moved here, when I went to train at college, she became the major breadwinner in, in our family. So it was all on her. When our first child was born, she couldn't stay home all the time. She had to go out to work because I was still at college. And she would, I know, have loved to have been able to stay at home. I know she loves me because of the things she has sacrificed for me. I think that's evidence of how someone loves us. Actions speak louder than words. And we know that God loves us. We know that God goes wow over us because of the sacrifice he made for us. Jesus, his only son, sacrificed so that we could know this is how God feels about us. So if you're sitting there today saying, how do I really know this is how God feels about me? How do I really know God sees me and goes, wow? Well, how you really know is because of the sacrifice he made. To give up his son, that's surely the ultimate thing anyone could do in actions, to speak louder than their words. That was what was happening when Jesus went to the cross. And he did it because when God looks at us, God goes, wow. And so he gave his son. And he did that because he wanted to graphically demonstrate his love. He wanted to restore us to him, to offer us reconciliation. And we just do need to acknowledge it and to believe it and trust it. And it is ours. Paul, one of Jesus' first followers, did this. He had a wow moment when he realized this is what God had done for him. And he wrote this. Therefore, if anyone is in Jesus, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. That's Paul going wow when he realizes this sacrifice that God made on his behalf. We are not only the pinnacle of God's creation. In Jesus, we can become a new creation, set free. And of course, that's what we celebrate in baptism. The old has gone down into the water. The new has come, rising to new life. And that offer of a newly created life is not just for Sharon and for Yinka, it's for all of us. We are challenging each other in this series to be wow kinds of people. People who look out for the wonders of God all around us and move toward wonder. And today I want to challenge you to look out for these amazing birds and wonderful plants all around us. And when you see them, to be reminded that yes, they are incredible and amazing, but they are nothing compared to how God feels about you and me. And uh, last week when we started this series, we gave everybody a pack of post-it notes that say on them, Toward Wonder. And we sent you away last week to write things on your post-its and stick them up all over your house when you spotted something wonderful. And if you weren't able to be here last week, there are packs of these post-its on the table in the lobby, on the desk in there. And I want to encourage you to take these home. And if you did take them and you've still got them, I want you to write down, when you see an amazing plant or an amazing bird... This week, I want you to write it down and I want you to write on it, if that's how God made them, what does that say about how he feels about me? And to stick these up all over your house to be reminded of the wonder of God. Remember, this is how God feels about us. This is how God feels about you. And he's demonstrated it in actions that speak even louder than words in his son. 
sent to the cross so that we could be reconciled to God, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be set free. And if you want to know more about that, please speak to me afterwards. And I have a book that I would love to send you away with this morning called The Case for a Creator, which looks at just what we've been talking about. But as I finish, I want us to remember this. God looks at us and goes, wow. God offers us the opportunity to be a new creation. And he demonstrated that, that to us when he sent his son to the cross. Let's pray, shall we? And then we'll sing again. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your actions speak louder than even your words. That when you sent your son Jesus to the cross as a sacrifice for us, you showed us just how much you love us. And we thank you that Jesus was prepared to choose the cross so that we could be restored in our relationship with you. Amen.